As it rains in South Africa, I'm about to speak to a phenomenal artist based in Cape Town. Her name is Cheryl Chubb Adler. I hope this episode makes you realize how important it is to reconnect with nature and also be one with it. To not be scared of how nature makes us feel, but also make sure, make sure that we understand the importance of plant making and world making. Enjoy. I'm an artist, educator, um, art activist, uh, mother, gardener, sangoma of salt. Um, what else? What else am I? I think I'm not much else. I'm a painter sometimes and I'm a wisdom keeper. And yeah, that's about it, I think. <laughs> I'm a human. <laughs> You're human. Let's yeah. start there because um, at the moment I'm in I'm in a small town called Bloemfontein and it's raining, and you're based in Cape Town, and how we interlinked? Um, do you remember at all? Do you remember where we met and how we interlinked and how our paths crossed? I remember exactly. Um, <laughs> there was a call for great at Great Mall for an event with um, this wonderful, wonderful woman who's gone on to do a doctorate and everything. I, I mean, I, I follow her carefully. I just can't remember her name. You, you probably remember. Anyway, there was a call for, some, for a workshop and you needed a photographer and also a video, video recorder. I don't know if you were curating it or I'm not quite sure how you were involved. Anyway, I joined up with that workshop and we met and we connected and yeah, as they say, the rest is history. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure further than that how, how we continued our connection and it, it got a little bit vague, but there was a continued connection over time because I think that Great Moor call was probably about, probably about 15 or so years ago. And then you started your your library, um, and I think I'd, I tried again to do a recording unsuccessfully or something for you, a, a, a video, but somehow we just kept our link somehow. I think there were synchronicities along the way. Um, although we may not have actually physically seen each other, we, we have kept each other in our, in our orbit. And I wouldn't say it was via social media either. It's just somehow either we are we are sentient to each other in some way. That's wonderful. Um, so this podcast is all about people that enter into their next chapter and how they perceive their next chapter. And you are entering into a very, very exciting period of exhibiting your work at the um, 
at number six Spin Street. And can you tell us about it? How did it start? I know you've always had a passion for plants and nature. And like you said in your introduction, you're a Sangoma of sorts. Um, I'm very interested in, in that conversation later on. So tell us how this journey began. So last year, about this time, I had a soda exhibition at Nell Gallery in Cape Town, and it was called Elementals and Incidentals. And it was, a, it was just right at the time of peak COVID, um, sort of coming out of the, of the late summer peak of COVID, and it was a very internal time. Um, and somehow or other, the elementals were there, the idea, the seeds for this painting. And I, and I believe that Luan, who is also a painter, Luan Nell from Nell, um, really saw the work for the first time. I, f- I feel that he saw the way I painted and understood his journey. And, um, and if I look at those works now, they are very, they're a very dark iteration of what has become a very light body of work. Um, and so this particular show comes out of my continual obsessiveness with plants. And um, I think I told you earlier that I wanted to call this show um, the, the, the Midnight Garden. And then another idea was Confessions of a Plant Thief. Um, because I'm never without a plant in my hand or in my orbits. I, I literally wake up and I start with the plants. And so the interaction between the creative work in the studio and the plant work in the garden, the intersection just became more and more blurred. And um, I created this work not out of observation of plants, but out of a feeling and a sense of the internal world of plants. And since then, I've sort of been doing a lot of cross-checks and I also write poetry. How does, how does one bring that, that realm of the plant world into, into one's, one's poems and into your thinking that, you know, for me, painting is very visceral. It's a very organic process of, of making and shaping marks um, onto material and the materiality of it is very important to me. So the idea of the plant matters was just such an, it wasn't even a step, it was just a total glide into that body of work. And, and I don't believe it's, it's even begun. I, I believe that I'm just touching the surface on, on, on a whole new journey. Which, which brings me also to the point of, you know, I'm in my, in my mid-60s and I feel like I'm a wisdom keeper and an, and an, an, old, an older person. Um, mm. And that connection to plant, the regeneration of life and death, um, it's very close. It's a very good mirror, especially as one gets older and all the other mirrors literally fall around you. For me, the, the, the mirror of, of the natural world is just um, sublime. It's the, it's, it's, it's the one I want. So, yeah, that's pretty much how this very, it's actually a very small body of work. As I noticed today when I was setting up um, 
it's it's a small body of work but it's definitely the seeds of making paintings that are bigger um, in, with within the same within the same um, sense of the natural world and the plant kingdom you express you so many things so beautifully especially because you talk about the plant kingdom how important is it to keep this message going in your work um specifically looking back into your solo exhibition last year when we were in covid and trying to figure out where we are as a as a human race how how important is that for you well what i believe is that i believe that the human species haven't taken cognizance of the fact that we're only just one of many species and um, I suppose in COVID specifically, I began to look at ways of, of natural healing and of ways of, you know, of plants um, uh, taking the place of chemicals. And it was yeah. not something new to me. It's something I've been involved with my entire, entire life since, you know, I was sort of 16. And... Um, I remember many years ago I looked around myself and I went there are all these plants but there's not that much to eat and maybe I also didn't know how much there was to eat because exactly. one can eat one can eat most plants and also not only that they have got so many benefits and so what your question was <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it really well it, it was just <laughs> how important you, you expressed the, the plant kingdom so beautifully how important is is that in your work you know in, in terms of somebody listening might be thinking where do I begin to even right. plant and make a garden and you speak about eating plants and a lot of people don't understand that actually there's so many plants we can actually consume that heal our bodies and heal our spirits so I wanted to know how important is that to you I think maybe it's more a personal question than a than an artistic mm. question but I think the personal is very much linked to to your practice so I'm just thinking about if you dry in purple or if you dry many different sages. Yes. Um, and the, the notion of, of the ether of the dried plant, the smell and the smoke of a plant. And I'm going to begin there because we so often begin actually in the, in, in the greenness of the plant. But yes. if we just take a step out of that and go into the smoke and the smell of a plant and the evocative um, imagination of that of that healing and so so how the question is how did the human species catch on to the idea that if we burn certain plants and and it smokes that 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 pungent smell can can do can do things and this idea yeah. also that the smoke can can clear space um, so that isn't even ingesting a plant that is just being no. in association with the plant with the plant and, exactly. and 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 using the smoke which is like the smell of it um, and the belief I 
understand is that that smell um, can evoke spirits and can also shift certain energies. And so that brings me back to the idea of even an earlier body of work where I did something called the, the unseen world, that just because we can't really see it in what is the imagined way of seeing things, that doesn't mean we can't really perceive it. And so the idea of the plant matters was this coming to it by sensing. And sensing is the smell or the taste or or even just carrying a plant next to your heart and maybe even sleeping with it and imbibing those that 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 energy of that plant. Um, and I know and I've read that scientists also look at these methods that it's not yeah. just hokey pokey strange stuff in that if one is working with plants in a very deep way um, then then one needs to understand them and they the, you know plants communicate and the mycelial kingdom has this gazillion um, rooted network um, of, of, of interconnection and the plant and the trees they have the network of interconnection so what we see is the is the kingdom above but what we don't see is that total interconnection of the of the sentience of plants which happens under the surface under the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so how if you're a painter do you paint that you know yes you can go with a microscope or you could look at it but for me i thought i didn't think i sensed that there's been so much um painted about uh, around plants that people look at how about yeah. how about not looking how about maybe closing one's eyes and sensing one's way into it and and then imagining that there's something that comes from it um, you know and and so that's a very uh, you know there's lots of trust and there's also lots of letting the plant guide you guide you yeah. I like I like so many things that you've said now because you talk about them the way in which plants play a role in our lives as humans but on a on a on a deeper level you talk about plants as 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 a way of living and as a way of understanding ourselves right and one of the conversations we had before this recording you spoke about how it's not it's not a false thing to think that plants also but you know they have a, a they think right and the idea that plants think for other people it might be strange but for for many scientists that's something that they're exploring and you made me aware of this um i'm wondering when you are saying that plant um when you refer to to your relationship with plants as intertwined and very much connected and rooted what are the what are the 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 lessons you've learned in your practice that have have made you a better plant keeper and wisdom keeper mm. oh, what have i learned um i've learned that it's not about separation i've 
learned that it's about total interconnection. That mm. the moment I separate myself out and observe even in an aesthetic sense, then it becomes something else. Um, so it's such a it's such a multi-layered question. I almost mm. need to look out to the plants to help me answer that. So there is also that intersection of, of, of what you know. You know, I'm looking out of my, my window and I'm imagining that I see a ginkgo tree. And I know that in, uh, in Chinese culture and in, and in the science, the ginkgo is used for memory. And yes. straight away, there's a sense I'm looking out and I can see that ginkgo leaf. But that mm-hmm. is actually something I've learned that's transposing itself onto something I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the thing that one learns every day by keeping connection is the very, very subtle nuanced changes that happen seasonally. And it's so, it's, it, it often seems as autumn or spring comes so suddenly. Yes. But in actual fact, if you really, have your ear and nose to the ground it's subtle you can feel the earth change its temperature even though the weather may not have changed but as soon as the earth changes its temperature as the seasons change so the plants are responding and as they're responding they are changing and the moment they change something else changes around it because of their total interconnectivity to each other so um, that's, one, that's one thing that I've learned and how that has helped me as a human is maybe just to understand that we are not separate from each other. That there's, you know, there's been this generation of separateness and eyes and egos. And in actual fact, there is no separation. We are all, all connected. And... Um, and right now in this time of the Ukraine-Russian global war, oh. it's just so beyond, it's beyond sad. It's sad isn't it's beyond the correct word. It's beyond yeah. understanding, really, how it's the can get themselves into such a mess. Um, and I believe it's because we don't understand that we are connected so deeply to each other. Um, oh. And plants definitely show me that, that, you know, even the one shading the other, um, so yes. the other one can grow, um, mm. or, or reaching down, you know, almost to protect it, and um, the fruits of, of a tree will fall down and, and, and nourish its roots, you know. I mean, there's just, there's so many lessons there, that's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother chapter. <laughs> it is another it is I, I'm curious um, you speak about the ginkgo which is mm. one of my favorite I mean we consume it in a scientific way with a uh, you know in, within a, a pill um, and you're, I you're too young to be taking that <laughs> I, <laughs> I take it I used to I used to take it because I all of a sudden remembered that it's good for just memory <laughs> and remembering That's stuff. You know, when, I'm studying, when I'm studying, I take ginkgo biloba and I, I get it from a retail store and 
I'm wondering how Was how it rosemary, goes. rosemary, yeah. for remembrance to bath in rosemary, like in a filia. Yes, and and I'm wondering how it looks like. You know, um, can oh. you describe how a ginkgo looks like? Oh, or, you know, I don't or, have one, but in my memory, um, it looks a bit <laughs> like a hoof. The actual leaf, the leaf is beautiful. It looks to me, it has like a hoof imprint in that it's um, three-tiered with a larger tear on the top, and it's a very beautiful almost it has little tiny little pleats in it um, but I think the ginkgo's fame is the fact that it can change color in autumn and it mm. has this incredibly prized yellow it changes into like the brightest yellowy ochre uh, aura that a tree could have it's just um, unbelievably magnificent I've seen photographs of it and also they grow for, to be very, very old. So maybe all those possibilities. You know, the, the, the yellow may have to do with the kind of sulfur that, that the tree is able to assimilate into its leaves. Um, so, so, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of all I know. But it definitely is a very, very magnificent, very um, enormous tree. It's, it's, it has a, has a great power. I'd like to invite you again. I want to invite you to speak about um, the exhibition and your experience after the exhibition. So because I'm going to invite people to listen to this first part in our conversation, I also would like to invite you for a second part where we speak about the body of work and my impressions of the, the exhibition. And I would really love that because I think it would be really uh, good for people to know about um, what inspired you uh, to to do the paintings, but also just to have a conversation around what um, what the exhibition looked like, and and also supply them with some images. So I don't know if you if you like that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, I think um, I do stray off topic in the exhibition. <laughs> no, but, it's yeah, okay. We will, we will get back there. It's all the t- it's always a pleasure speaking to you and I invite everybody to go to the exhibition that um, is a part of your um, your solo show and also make sure that people can also get in touch with you. So how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to see your work and and know a little bit more about you? So the best way of getting in touch with me is via Instagram, also a um, direct message via Instagram. I'm Cheryl Traub Adler via Instagram, not that present on Facebook. Um, I think that's probably a good one. Um, And if you are in Cape Town uh, on Saturday the 19th, which is this Saturday at 11 o'clock, there will be an opening um, where Palesa will will guide us through with some words and we'll have some tea and cake and look at art um, and also I know what's happening in Cape Town this weekend is the beginning of what used to be called infecting the city which is no longer called that but which is the um, the performance art uh, collaboration that that used to be what the, um, I've forgotten what it's called 
It's the ICA Live Festival. Um, oh, so there we go. So all the others have fallen by the wayside. But I do know that that's on at the same time. Yeah. And it's often in a similar part. So nice to come into town and do more than one thing. Um, and that I know is on. So yeah, how to get hold of me um, via Instagram. I think that's Via Instagram. And um, to sign off, what would you like people to know that is the most important thing right now on this earth? Um, just as a, as a parting shot. What is the most important thing? Wow. Right now. Right now. What is the most important? Right now. Yeah. To be utterly present, every human, if we are all utterly present in our own truth and in deep connection to nature, that for me is the most important thing right now. Great. Thank you, Cheryl. I look forward to having a conversation again um, after the exhibition. I want to talk about the art, the material, the 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 way the art looks the way the paintings feel and also get some snippets around um how you feel after the the hanging of the work i know it's always very nerve-wracking to put up a body of work um you know and hanging it and 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 then having the post exhibition experience and how people feel about it um and yeah i look forward to having that conversation with you as well Great. I just need to say something to you with regard to that. Whilst I'm going, whilst I'm putting up an exhibition, I'm already getting the antidote out. So I've already got all these fabrics laid out because I know I hit an all-time low, and I know that if I don't have work to continue with, <laughs> I'll be sad. So I've got the antidote ready. That's <laughs> great. That's awesome. That's, that's, awesome. that's awesome I look forward to it and I'm looking really forward to seeing the work um, I hope everybody goes to see it and yeah see you um, on Saturday have Fabulous. a good afternoon thank you so bye. much looking bye. forward to seeing you bye bye I'm looking forward to seeing you bye okay. <sighs>Thank you for listening to the podcast episode with Cheryl Chab Adler. I've enjoyed speaking to Cheryl about her upcoming exhibition called Plant Matters taking place in Cape Town. As I bid farewell to you, I'd like you to consider one question. What is your relationship with plants? Have they been part of your life? Are they part of your own essence? And what kind of plants have you used in your life to heal, to rejuvenate and breathe through the life we're living as a human race? I've learned quite a bit and I hope you will also learn more about how to preserve our natural environment. 
This is me signing off. My name is Balisa Sokhomusomutumi, and I'm the host with the mostest on the Next Chapter podcast. Don't forget to follow me at Jachi on Instagram and on Twitter as I navigate this podcast life with you and also try to make sense of my own life as an artist, practitioner, as a curator, as a writer, and as a family orientated individual. Goodbye.